Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day, Warwick. I was actually, I was really quiet then because I had to check and make sure it was actually recording in these... uh new times of doing this via zoom basically well this one is via zoom our little daily one's done a bit differently so it's nice to see you today (laughs) and i can see when you want to butt in during the interview (laughs) which was a few times today i wasn't sure if that was because it was was rambling on with uh you know I'm, I'm doing a bit of the bob Hawke thing a bit lately Uh, you have started doing a bit of the bob Hawke thing (laughs) I heard it today in this interview. So there you go. If that's, if, if that's the only reason you listen to today's episode it's it. in its entirety, it's worth it to hear the, uh, I think, uh, <laughs> bit, of, bit of hawky. Uh, okay, we just lost all the audience. Can we bring them back? Yeah, yeah. So today is not as bad as listening to a Bob Hawke political speech at all. It uh, is not. Rest, is, rest in peace, hawky. But um, uh, we are talking insurance again. We hark on about this a bit. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah. It's really, really important, listeners. Just a little. I don't think you understand the value of insurance until you either find yourself needing to make a claim and being underinsured or not insured or making a claim and you realise the, the value of having the correct insurance in place because it's just saved you a whole bunch of stress and heartache. Absolutely. A, it really is an important issue. For today's episode, particularly, I found it's probably one of the most simple times we've spoken about it. And mm. by that, I actually mean it was just an everyday language that we can all understand broken down in a way that all of us will get how mm. important it is and why we need to speak to someone today. Absolutely. Now, uh, just a word of warning. Uh, we are talking insurance and obviously in Australia, some of our fantastic protections, I suppose, for us as consumers means that you really need to listen to this and remember that this is all general advice. So uh, if you're listening to this and it sounds like we're talking about you, we're really not. We don't care that much. Uh, <laughs> but in reality, this is uh, just generally speaking. And I, and I think, Coxie, what you were saying is, is absolutely right. This was a fantastic chat about just the general nature of mm. industry and the products without digging into specifics. Um, now, if you do want specific advice, you should go and speak to an advisor of your own and go and choose somebody that you feel comfortable with. We obviously talk about that in today's episode as well. Uh, but yeah, it is general advice only. It doesn't take into account your personal circumstances and you should speak to a professional advisor if you would like more advice in that regard. So um, I hope I did a good job of that, Tom and Courtney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could almost do it for radio ad. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, yes, Tom Delaney uh, is today's guest. Uh, you'll find out where he's from in a moment when you uh, continue to listen and you need to do that because now more than ever, this is really, really mm. important stuff. And we also talk about the issue of, you know, reducing or cancelling uh, policies and just mm. some things to consider in that regard as well before you go ahead and do that. So have a listen. Um, great chat. And uh, we'll give you all the links at the end. So Enjoy. All righty. So we are joined by Mr. Tom Delaney. 
from Marsh. Oh, trades insurance, I want to say. Um, but Tom, have I got that right? Right. Look, near enough is good enough. Um, <laughs> the, yes. So we, yeah, we are a uh, an insurance broker. Marsh uh, are a, a big American company, big global player, um, and certainly have a healthy presence here. But yeah, we're here to talk about trades insurance, which is something I guess in our sweet spot. Um, and uh, so the, uh, the I'll take the title. It's a good starting point. <laughs> so, speaking of titles, Tom, what is your title, mate, at Marsh? Sure. Um, I, my title is the National Manager of Trades at Marsh. I work in our affinity practice. Uh, the affinity is simply a fancy name for uh, networks that share a common interest, whether they be association-based, trade-based, franchise-based, union-based. And uh, when it comes to trades, obviously, we're talking predominantly man and a van type operators, um, people you know, in the small mum and dad type operators, SME businesses, anywhere from sort of zero to 50 staff. And I know that's quite a gap, but that's our, our sweet spot. And we've been doing it um, and had an industry presence for over 10 years. So my job is to, is to um, partner up with, uh, with industry partners and uh, design bespoke solutions for large member groups and um, associations. And that's clearly why you're talking to us today, mate. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Speaking of large organisations, it's me Huge. and Coxie. <laughs> well, exactly right. So, yeah, so that's a, that's a bit about me. And um, look, we've got a pretty substantial team uh, at Marsh um, that, that is dedicated to the trade space. So we've got a, a team of six um, that, that are purely dedicated to trades insurance um, in, in all of its occupations and all of its arms and legs. So, Tom, this is – sorry, I've just cut Coxie off there because um, <clears throat> I can see her on the video and the listeners don't know that I did that except that I just <laughs> outed myself. I wanted to ask you about something completely non-insurance related, Tom, and that is how is a massive organisation like Marsh finding it with COVID and all of the uh, work from home restrictions and, and that side of things? How are you guys coping with this stuff? Yeah. Um... WFH, there's another <laughs> an acronym that starts with W that, you know, is probably a good uh, descriptor of what we're all feeling at the moment. Um, but we, we, we've adjusted well. I mean, we're a, we're a professional services and financial services business and uh, Marsh uh, is one of four businesses within the, the parent family, which is um, Marsh and McLennan. Um, and, and obviously we all provide uh, various professional services. Marsh does insurance broking and risk management, um, uh, insurance advice. Uh, we have our partner uh, company, um, Guy Carpenter, that does reinsurance. We have Mercer that a lot of listeners might be uh, familiar with, with does employee benefits, obviously large super programs and large um, employee benefits programs. And then Oliver Wyman is our consulting division and, and business very large. It's the third biggest after McKinsey and Boston Consulting. So they put out a lot of really valuable content and so forth. They're, they're a pretty slick organisation. But all of us are working from home and all of us are um, getting used to the new way of doing things. But fingers crossed, uh, we're pretty lucky in Australia. We seem to be tracking well. So hopefully some sort of normality resumes. And But it's business as usual. We're still working closely with clients and working closely with our insurance partners. I mean, we're intermediaries, we're advisors, so mm. we're making ourselves available at all hours of the day because people are interrupted. Um, so we just make mm. us, we just adjust and get on with the show, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a very positive attitude. I think uh, there are plenty of us that could learn a lesson from that kind of positivity. But you're right. I guess as any kind of service-based business, we need to be able to service our clients when they need to be serviced rather than previously, you know, perhaps we've set some parameters or boundaries in, in how we work with people or at what time even we'll work with people. Mm. But that's not applicable anymore. Now we need to be really doing what's necessary to ensure that people are getting the service that they require when they require it. So that I can imagine that would be a big change for you guys at Marsh. Yeah, it is. It is a change. Um, But, you know, sort of as we both agree on, it's it's something that we we just must um, acknowledge. And I think the positive, another positive that can be taken out of it is that we're going to, we may not return to the normal we knew, but we might return to a new normal. And that new normal might be a better way of, doing business, transacting, trading. Uh, it, it will probably improve some habits that we thought were good habits that probably weren't such good habits. Mm. Um, and ultimately, we're, we're probably going to become a, a more resilient society. Australia's pretty resilient at the best of times, but I think it's just going to be a nice, in time, not now, but it, it, it will be a war story that we can all sort of hark back on and, and talk to the grandkids about and say, look at the lessons we learned out of that and this is why we're better as a result. And that's why you should wash your hands when you go to the toilet, kids. Yes. <laughs> and don't ever complain about being bored. And don't eat bats. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, your background, Tom, I mean, you, you've obviously got a history in, in this industry, in the insurance industry, but, uh, you know, is, is there uh, an interesting entry story for you? I find a lot of our guests, when we dig a little deeper, it's like, you know, they used to be a performing bear in a circus or something, but... Uh, <laughs> Funny you say that, actually. So, uh, no. um, when you talk to insurance professionals, there typically is a bit of a quirky backstory because it's very rare that as an eight-year-old, we sit there, you know, kicking the footy around or, and dreaming of being um, in the insurance game uh, for our adult careers. Um, however, um, my... Uh, I guess, interesting or passion when I was younger was certainly um, in the media. Um, I I did a media studies degree, journalism degree, and um, I've always had a bit of a passion for numbers and and the business side of things. And um, like many of us in the insurance game, uh, I I had a lot of mates. I was a pretty active youngster, played a lot of sport and so forth, and playing football in my early 20s. Um, I had a lot of mates in the construction game and... uh, a building advisory position became became available at an entry level when I was in my early twenties. Um, that was that was insurance affiliated, and one thing led to another. And I look, I've always loved the construction game. I've pretty much always been affiliated with construction insurance in some form or shape, whether it be domestic building, whether it be um, construction professionals, so architects and engineers. Mm-hmm. And now at Marsh here uh, in my current role, um, looking after. Um, blue collar man in a van trades um, in, in all their various shapes and sizes. So I've got a real passion for the industry. Um, I think it's something that's unique to Australia in terms of how you how we value the trade industry and the construction industry. It's not an experience that you see everywhere in the world. Mm. Um, it, it it holds a, a level on. Uh, it certainly holds its own in Australia, and um, yeah. it, it, it's a shame that it's not more broadly around in other countries treated with the same level of respect as it's given here. It's an interesting point. I, I've uh, done some interviews over the years uh, with, you know, trade business or contractor business coaches and stuff out of the US and we've had contractors on the show and um, they're just not held in the same regard in the States. In, in fact, it's almost, 
you know, a lot of the trades, as we would call them, are almost looked down upon as, uh, you know, a lower class of, of worker and business. Uh, and yet in Australia here, I think we, um, you know, we treat a lot of the trades like, like our footy stars, you know, they're, uh, and I think it's a good thing because just have a look at now and, and we'll talk about some of the changes to the, the landscape with COVID and what that means for insurances. But, you know, in terms of the businesses that we really do need, it's the trades, it's the contractors, it's the, the plumbers yeah. and, and, you know, the electrical contractors and, and it's like those guys are Absolutely. Now, really important because we're screwed without them yeah yeah i mean look i think australians appreciate um that we that we you know have, have you ever tried to unblock a toilet it's really hard yeah. it's really really hard right <laughs> no, I, don't want, I don't want have to do you it ever tried to, have you ever tried to build a deck it's not easy right um and look i've got little office boy hands here as you can imagine right so <laughs> i'm calling in tradies all the time and uh and I think in Australia, we have a level of professionalism. Our licensing arrangements for certain trades, I think, goes to show the level of um, involvement, dedication to uh, their occupations, the level of um, uh, passing on of you know, vital skills from one generation to another. And I think, look, probably one of the side effects of Australia being a nanny state is that we have completely elevated the level of professionalism in certain trades. Um, you know, um, if you go through the level of requirement for, for licensing requirements for electricians, for plumbers, uh, Queensland is, you know, renowned for having basically you need a license to, you know, put your car seat on, you know, it, you know when, you, when, you, when you're putting in a baby seat. So it, it, the level of um, the level of requirement and training is, is advantageous with regards to how we, rec- we recognise our trades. It's a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it, Tom? We've got mm. we've got all this, uh, you know, these restrictions and regulations that we like to complain about, but without them, we actually wouldn't have a lot of the business opportunities and the structure that gives so many of us the chance to to run professional businesses, unblocking people's dunnies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's right. I mean, and. and- and at the end of the day, it all points to, if you look at Australia, um, you know, certain trade occupations are paid quite well. Mm. Uh, that's, mm. And that's a, something to, to be proud of in Australia. Um, that's something that's had to be negotiated and uh, the value be proven time and time again. Mm. But I think it goes a long way to say uh, how, we, how, we, um, how we view and how we respect and how we value um, our trades in Australia. Mm. I'm going to do a Chuck Norris. Are you ready? <laughs> I was just going to say, I could see Coxie like oh, leaning into the microphone Norris. there. It's like, I think she wants to say something she, really important. She might be uh, getting into a pose. So, I could uh, be ready. Look <laughs> out for the praying mantis. Now, I'm just going to, I guess, pull it right back to what we want to talk about today. And that is part of being a professional trade is having the right insurance, right? Oh, there it is. Oh, Nicole, thank you. I was going to do the same anyway, so. Thank you. <laughs> that is a lovely segue. Uh, absolutely. And, um, and you know, we talked about, excuse me, while I just uh, on the move. move. No, I am on the move. That's You're okay. I see the, the inner things. annals of your office, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, Did you build it's something the deck that we're that all just getting used to. Them, no, don't be silly. That's, uh, <laughs> I, 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 get, I, get a, I get a professional in to do that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know? I was going to say, don't move too much, mate. If you make any rapid movements, they tend to wobble and fall over. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Um, insurance is a is a is a serious component when it comes to um, the level of professionalism and the regulation involved in in various trades. Um, we know some trades are probably more uh, prone to 
you know, um, large loss than others. Um, mm. And it's important that the that, that insurance process is, and it's often tied to, to licensing, as we know, um, with, with with a range of trades, plumbing, electrical, especially. Yep. So we were just the, having. Sorry, sorry Warwick, you go. No, you go. No, no you, you go. go. <laughs> Someone, please go, Tom. Um, <laughs> how how do the trades differ when it comes to insurance? Because a lot of us have had experience with insurance, uh, you know, in our younger years, whether it was our first uh, third party property fire and theft car policy or something, or, you know, we got some contents cover because we didn't want anyone to nick our Xbox and not get some money back for it. Uh, but most of our understanding of insurance probably comes from those very simplistic policies that we're used to personally. And then, you know, we, we get a ticket as a tradesperson, we go into quote unquote business um, how do the trades in the blue collar industries perhaps differ from our our sort of mainstream understanding of insurance and what we need? Well, I, sort of harking to the initial point I made is, is that, you know, often it's it's tied to a license requirement and it, it stems, unfortunately, you know, often with, with regard to tradies or anyone in that for that matter is that insurance has often been viewed as a bit of a grudge purchase, a necessary evil to to get up and running. And it's not really until claim time that you've truly appreciate that piece of paper that you have, uh, Very true. That, that you that you have in your drawer. Um, and then of course, uh, and the insurer is your best mate um, and your insurance <laughs> advisor as well, who helped put the, play, the policy in place in the yeah, first place. legends, aren't they? Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> Exactly. Um, but I think tradies in Australia, look, we are a reasonably litigious society. Um, when you measure us against, uh, you know, uh, the Europeans and the Yanks, we're probably a little bit behind the Yanks, but um, certainly we are heavily regulated society, quite litigious. Um, we now understand, trades understand that it's sort of a foundational requirement when you're, when you're starting your business, that insurance is a, yes, it's a tick box exercise, but it's vital. Mm. Um, it's not something to backfill. You don't want to um, be understanding the reasons why you need it after you figure out you need it. That is not the situation you ever want to be in. And look, some of the trades that we're talking about, I know we're talking in broad terms about, you know, the, the various trades, that, um, but some of them are quite high hazard. There's no getting around that. Um, tradies don't need to be told what, what they're doing is risky. Um, we can talk about the, the exposures to their own health at times, you know, the, the risks they take. You know, you've got roofing contractors, sparkies, you know, plumbers. That, at times they do some risky work, you know, um, builders, carpenters and so forth. Um, so insurance is, is fundamental because um, it not only protects yourself, it protects your balance sheet, it protects you personally, uh, but it can protect your health, it can protect the health of others. Um, and if you want to be around trading successfully in years to come, insurance is going to be a fundamental component of why you're successful going forward. So we tend to talk to tradies about not looking at it as a grudge purchase, but a, a, a platform for future success, actually, in mm. terms of saying, if you want to succeed, this is just a, this is just a fundamental of you being able to, to grow and, and to become more prosperous. Mm. So what are we talking about here in terms of insurance? Like <clears throat> we've, we've uh, you know, been talking a lot about insurance in inverted commas. Um, can you just lay out, I guess, some of the more specific areas that uh, tradies should be getting cover in? Sure. Um, so look, from a, from a general perspective and everybody's circumstances will vary. Um, so, you know, this isn't personal uh, advice, but certainly from a general perspective, tradies would be very familiar, we would hope, with the uh, liability requirements of their trade. Um, so that is giving yourself adequate protection for those circumstances whereby you might be held responsible for 
uh, a third party's property damage or personal injury um, that, that may occur in the result of you undertaking your trade. A crude example would be, you know, you're working on a, on a house and you've got a ladder up the side, you knock the ladder over, it's smashed into a valuable car or hurt, hits and hurts somebody. A uh, very crude example. You know, you could talk about plumbing, you know, uh, you know a, a pipe burst, uh, you know, floods a house, obviously property damage, sparkies, a fire starts, you know, simple, simple things. So liability um, is usually fundamental to any trades business, whether they're a sole trader or a very large operator irrespective of their size, liability would be a fundamental, you know, standard requirement for, for almost all trades. Um, and then and then you can start thinking about things uh, that are materially beneficial to, to the health and well-being of the people. I mean, usually your most important, your, your most valuable asset is uh, your people. Um, so we're talking things like, uh, for, for sole traders, we'd be talking about individual personal accident and sickness cover. Um, would be advisable to you know to, to consider um, depending on their needs, and then if they're an employer, you know there's there's mandatory workers' compensation arrangements um, that need to be considered um, in each state. And beauty of Australia is we never do anything that's consistent or, or consolidated. <laughs> so, so in workers' compensation, we've got six states, two territories, each decided they've got a better way of doing it than the other. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, from an insurance advisor's perspective, that's always um, uh, fun and games um, uh, providing the right advice around that because we've got some states like Victoria and New South Wales that states have basically taken over and uh, they run their own schemes. And then you've got um, then you've got private insurers, you know, uh, uh, open market in places like WA and Tasmania and uh, and the territories as well. So um, there's a starting point for some fundamental considerations for for any for any trades business to, to be very wary of. Um, and of course, there's, there's, a, there's a range of other things that they should be considering with the right advice as well. Um, mm. We can unpick that if you want as well. Mm. So what about, um, so that, that's all, I guess, fairly straightforward. Well, it sounds it to me, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, uh, <laughs> yeah. having worked in the industry a little bit myself, but what's changed with the recent uh, hiccup globally with this COVID thing? You know, has there been a bit of a shake-up of either the industry or what people should be looking at, Tom? Um, well, the, like any industry, the insurance industry is no different in that it's, it's, it's experiencing um, something for the first time in, it, you know, in its generation, that's for sure, mm-hmm. in the current generation. And, um, and speaking broadly, the insurance industry has been uh, in Australia has been reasonably proactive in, in in giving responses to its 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 client bases and 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 forwarding on of information and uh, suggested guidelines and best practice and so forth. So the insurance industry has been quite proactive in that area. In terms of um, wholesale changes, look, various insurers have, have taken different approaches on different product lines. Um, it. I think as a as a good starting point for advice to any tradie that might be listening would be certainly touch base with your insurance advisor about um, any flag changes at the moment. Um, there isn't any one change that will affect everybody, um, and certainly there may be no changes um, for mm. for certain businesses and individuals. But the key here is, I guess I'm. I guess I'm really re-emphasising the importance of having an insurance advisor uh, as opposed to, you know, often dealing directly with the insurers is that having someone in your corner, an extension of your own business is invaluable at this time because they're the ones that are going to be able to navigate 
the best way around any changes that an insurer tries to enforce on you. Um, so, you know, you, you may find that at renewal, you know, there could be discussions around exclusions or there could be discussions around various changes to policies or, you know, premiums and so forth. Having an advisor is just such a great starting point. It's, it, it, it's your insurance guy or girl, you know, it's your, it's somebody in your corner who advocates for you and only you, you know, looking mm-hmm. for the, your interests only and making sure that you're getting the best outcomes. So, um, there are certainly opportune times to reconsider a few things. Like um, if you are a sole trader, it might be an opportune time to, to consider things like personal accident and sickness cover. I mean, we are talking about a health crisis here. Um, yeah. Yeah. First and foremost, uh, having, uh, having some sort of program that, 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 that might be beneficial to you if you were injured or sick would provide your business with some resilience mm. um, going forward, um, especially for sole traders. And, and then, um, just getting the right advice around your, your your general insurance programs is probably a really good starting point uh, and your broker or advisor is the best place to do that. Uh, and obviously Marsh is very keen to speak to anybody who needs that advice. Yeah, for sure. Can we talk about that just a little bit more? Sorry, Warwick, I'm going to jump in this time. Because I find that one of the most common or confusing questions around insurance, um, particularly for the young guys, guys or girls getting into the trades is around how they find that quality information because time and time again, they're just sold a stock standard policy and they don't have that advisor in place. And the perception for so many of them is, well, it's too expensive to get an advisor. They're going to sell me something that's far more expensive than this stock standard policy. So can we talk a little bit more maybe around, um, I guess, dispelling the myth that it is more expensive because at the end of the day, if you've got the incorrect insurance, nothing's more expensive than that. And secondly, how do you actually find the right advisor because for many of that particularly the younger tradies they haven't had this experience yet they don't know what to look for Mm -hmm. are there some guidelines you can give us there on on what we should be seeking out yeah well absolutely um there is a there is a bit of a myth with regards to um uh, the costs associated with engaging an advisor um insurance advisors typically uh you know we're remunerated like many you know we, we have um you know uh through fees and uh, and commissions with uh, placement of insurance products, so typically what you find is that the net effect is is very minimal, if if at all. And when weighed against what the value that's being provided to you, it's always worthy of consideration, serious consideration. Um, in terms of how to locate an insurance advisor, uh, so we are represented by an industry body called the National Insurance Brokers Association, um, so NIBA, N-I-B-A. Uh, and they are a wonderful organisation that represent all parts and arms and legs of the insurance broking fraternity in Australia. Uh, and they can often, and they actually have a find a broker type um, uh, link. Mm-hmm. So you can go from postcode and so forth, it'll bring up. But um, look, from Marsha's perspective, um, what we are able to bring to the table is industry expertise. As I mentioned before, we've got a dedicated team of six uh, specialists that deal solely in trades insurance, various occupations, various product lines. You know, we deal in things like liabilities. We spoke about individual personal accident. We talked about group personal accident, whether it be your tools, your motor vehicle, your trailers. Um, we talk about management risks for those that have um, more extensive businesses that might be looking to um, protect themselves personally for uh, deemed wrongful acts as a director or an officer. Uh, we have all of those types of um, uh, solutions for them as well. So uh, the other one that seems to be getting a lot of traction at the moment that I probably should mention in this COVID um, environment we're working in is cyber. So people are finding new ways to work. They have to, working from home, uh, businesses are automatically you know, up and running at home off their own, off, off their own internet connections, off their own servers at home and so forth. 
unfortunately, we call them bad actors in the industry, but let's call it for what it is, criminals, um, mm. are having a field day. And uh, they're coming up with all funky ways to part, you know, to separate you from your cash. Yep. And um, we are seeing spikes in breaches. We're seeing massive spikes in uh, ransom demands um, and also things, fancy things called um, social engineering, which is a technical term for basically um, Warwick, you know, you're the CEO and, um, and Coxie, you're, uh, you know, you're in the finance department and uh, you receive the, the CEO email saying, um, please pay this uh, supplier this amount of money and you're under pressure and you think, oh, well, I better pay it. Well, the boss has told me to pay it. Yep. And then you turn around and realise that that was a fraudulent email and mm. uh, that, uh, that uh, 10, 20, 50, I've, I've seen 100 grand, 150 grand um, invoices settled. That's gone and uh, it ain't coming back anytime soon. So we're seeing a real upswing in SME claims because they're low-hanging fruit. The level of education and expertise and security around their systems is 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 far reduced, understandably, than a than a large corporate entity. So that that's something to be mindful of as well. If even though you might be a trades on a tools, how are you tra- how are you actually transacting your business? I'm not talking yeah. about building something or fixing something, but how are you actually the fundamentals of how you're transacting the data that you that you have about your business, how you paying bills, et cetera, et cetera, how you're receiving payment, um, all of that's online. So you need to be very very wary. Coxie, you should probably have a look at that being a self-confessed <laughs> technotard. <laughs> so, true. so true. There's a lot of changes though. This is, I mean. Um, these are the little incremental changes that we don't really think about and they kind of creep up on us. And the total advantage of having an advisor and not just going with the stock standard policy is that you actually have a person who's invested in your business. They understand your business. They understand the way that you operate and they can give you that correct advice rather than, you know, there's a change made. You're not communicated that change. You've got no idea. And suddenly you're not covered for some of the things you assumed you might be covered for because you didn't really understand Mm. the policy document, which probably goes to, I think we could talk a little bit, Tom, about how much information insurance brokers have to consume and distill on a day-to-day basis with this rapid change so that they're able to effectively communicate that to their client base. That that's a massive job in itself. Yeah. Um, well, look, uh, we're certainly not supermen, but we, uh, but we are working in an environment which is unique to everyone. Um, and what we, I think you summarised it perfectly. What we're trying to do is continue to add value in the communication chain because at the moment everyone's a bit overwhelmed just with the constant 24-7 news cycle of information. There's a lot of confusing communication, you know, whether it be a regulatory environment or whether the, state, the premier's come out and said something. And in an insurance context, that can be often quite overwhelming um, because you don't know who to listen to an insurance job insurance broker's job is to simplify that and say actually there's 10 things you're hearing at the moment these are the two you need to focus on this is what's material to your business right now um, and, and and that's where an insurance broker's worth their weight in gold you did spark me on a on something I recall recently and I won't go into the the occupation or the, all those involved but a classic example would be um, whereby uh, there are regulatory requirements for insurance to carry certain provisions within it for a certain occupation. So uh, a certain occupation in a certain state may have um, uh, laws that mandate certain covers be implemented for um, 
we know, for example, you know, in Victoria, the plumbers have quite onerous requirements um, from a regulatory perspective. We also know in, in Queensland, the Sparkies also carry similar warranties um, from a consumer perspective up there as well. But um, but where an insurance broker can add value is that if uh, an insurer doesn't need to comply with with those regulatory requirements, it's not their job to do that. What they what what is what is required is that the insured, the client, needs to carry compliant insurance. So if you just go out on your own and aren't aware of what those requirement, those regulatory requirements are, uh, an insurer can, can quite, uh, as long as they meet the APRA requirement, they can sell a product that says X, Y, and Z, no problems. An insurance broker's job is to say, well, actually, product A over here, that's compliant with your state's rules and regulations. Product B, which is 25% less, actually is non-compliant. So when you have a claim, it's potentially that one could be not worth the paper it's written on. Mm. So it's really important that you get that advice um, when you're buying, not after you've bought. Mm. Um, and, and that's where an insurance broker can, can really add value there. And, and ultimately, they should be viewed as a, an extension of your business um, when it comes to insurance. So I've got an insurance query, I call my broker. Mm. It's amazing how the well, our approaches to pricing don't don't carry over from areas we've learned lessons to other areas where we spend money and and we still see business owners regressing back to the whole pay less pay less you know it's not worth it um without actually doing their due diligence and speaking to the right people to figure out well why is this one more they complain about the same things g'day listeners if you've complained about your clients ever (laughs) screwing you on price or ditching you for the price cutting cowboy down the road uh, then go get yourself a shaving mirror and have a look in it before you actually do the same with your insurances and everything else that you need for your business so um does my head in but uh it it raises a question i wanted to bring up tom and and just get your thoughts on this mate i suspect with the you know the economic impact of covid is is real there's a lot of people under pressure a lot of businesses are doing it tough now is is probably a time lots of people are looking for what can they cut and unfortunately i think a lot of people look straight to things like insurances to cut policies or reduce cover levels and all that sort of stuff are there anything is there anything our listeners should consider before they pull the trigger on something like that well absolutely you know uh, a a very prudent approach is is advisable um we we totally understand that if you're going through a cycle like this and if your business is strained um you're going to look at all areas of your business uh, to ensure the, you know, the, the survival and future success and future proof of your business. Mm. Um, when it comes to insurance, uh, and again, I'll, I'll probably get sick of saying this, working closely with your insurance advisor to ensure that your program is still structured and tailored to fit your business. So we understand that there may be um, businesses out there that may be forecasting a different position than what it was last year. Okay. Mm. So, having discussions with your insurance broker about what are the material impacts of that. Um, the unknown is at the moment that everyone is in the same boat. We don't know how long this is going to last for. Okay. So Australia, we, 
we look to be in a very strong position when you look at us against the rest of the country, the rest of the, of the world from a health perspective. Mm. Of course, we're going through some serious challenges economically. We understand all of that. But your trade, as an example, might get back to some normality quite quickly. Uh, you'd obviously be talking to your accountant quite closely. It's a great starting point of anybody talking mm. about the financials of their business. Mm. Um, what you want to be doing, though, is being very careful when it comes to changing things like declarations, whether it be turnover or, um, or sums insured, because what you might be doing is making a problem worse at claim time. So without, without giving any specifics, because we're talking generally here, but you know, simply changing the sum insured could be catastrophic to your business if you experience the loss. Let's say, for example, on the last day of your, renewal, of, of your policy period, that's 12 months from today as an example, right? The world could be a very different looking place, but you're still talking about the same policy period. Um, and of course, you would hope that your business is in a very different position 365 days from today than it is from, from today. And I, I think the, the thing to be mindful of is to, to continue to take a prudent approach um, when it comes to insurance. Insurance really should be a fundamental of your business. It, there are plenty of things that can probably um, be assessed prior to watering down or diluting something that could actually save your business in a moment of crisis. Mm. So um, I'm not a financial planner, I'm not an accountant, but I suggest you know some detailed discussions with your accountant and your insurance broker would be a good place to start because um, anybody who's had a claim and found out that their insurance was wanting is probably a good testimonial to uh, the the need for a pretty robust program that is that has an advisor attached to it. Absolutely. And I think it's a pretty knee-jerk reaction, unfortunately, yeah. from many traders to try and trim where they can. But what you're saying is uh, so important and so necessary for traders to hear. Now is not the time to have a knee-jerk, uninformed reaction to what's going on. It's the time to bring your team and that looks like all of your advisors, your accountant, your insurance broker, your financial advisor, your business consultants, bring them together as a team and talk to them about what your options are and what this is going to look like. And can you weather that storm? So we shouldn't make those changes now because like you say, 365 days from today looks very different to what it looks like currently. And having that, there's no way for us to predict, but some people smarter than us, i.e. accountants and financial planners, do have more information about what that's likely to look forward, look like moving forward. Now, it's not the time to be pulling back on something so essential. Yeah, and, yeah. I'll look up. Sorry, Tom. No, no, not at all. I was just going to say, look, the, look the one reassuring thing I think and, uh, is that uh, most Australians are probably feeling that, you know, the level of government support at this stage has been pretty profound. Um, so uh, there are various packages that are, you know, that are able to be accessed and uh, obviously that'll continue to evolve uh, as we sort of work our way through this crisis. But, you know, there's certainly things that you should, you know, that, that you should be engaging with your accountant and your financial planners about um, to see what's, you know, uh, remedies are available to your business uh, at this time. Um, but from an insurance perspective, you know, the, the pure advice we give is, is that don't tinker with something that could save you. Absolutely not. And I was uh, just going to make the point as well that <clears throat> sometimes we make changes in a time of crisis like this, certainly financially, and particularly when it comes to things like insurances. Uh, and, you know, obviously don't know what your personal circumstances are, listeners, but uh, it can be hard to get some of that cover back. Um, it makes it more expensive down the track. You know, you start looking at medical underwriting and those sorts of things involved with some policies. There's 
there's often uh, unknown impacts that, again, as you've been saying, Tom, and I guess I'll just echo your comments is speak to a, an advisor who's going to be able to, I guess, have the experience to know that some of these things could be an issue down the track. Um, and a lot of us just don't realize that, you know, we don't realize that we're creating a ratchet scenario where it's, where it's, well, it's another word that sounds like that, but uh, you know, <laughs> we make changes which are really hard to undo down the track and then find out that, Oh geez, that's going to be cost me twice as much to get it back, you know, uh, or whatever the case mm. may be for the individual. So, uh, so yeah, just yeah. as you've been saying, Still really relevant. I mean, pro- probably the the last point is is that you know people you know, individuals should know businesses should know that the general insurance market before all of this uh, coronavirus sort of hit was, was in the midst of a pretty severe hardening cycle so if anybody who's got shares in QPE or IAG or Suncorp and so forth would know that they've been under immense pressure to, to turn a profit over a number of years um, globally we'd seen some real hardening uh, out of the London market which is often a, a has been a traditional source of, of insurance capacity uh, for the Australian market um, uh, its syndicates at Lloyd's have been had been severely uh, severely affected by some natural catastrophes and of course we had the and this was all preceding the bushfires and then we had the bushfires uh you know and we're talking multi-billion dollar losses uh, over there and then this happens um and we, we don't want it to be a tale of woe but certainly um it it is a, a, you know, a bit of a, a a perfect storm in a sense and it probably just reinforces the need to to obtain the right advice for your business, which would be different for every every individual, every individual's business. Um, but I think with the right advice, you can actually it'll help you navigate through these sort of unsettled times. And uh, an advisor is there to help you know when to transfer the risk, and then also to to work with you to work out what level of of risk are you willing to retain, what 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 what. Uh, what level are you willing to work with um, to be able to make sure your insurance policy is uh, doing what it needs to do? It's still competitive. It still does all the all the things you need it to do, and it's going to be there to save the business uh, when the proverbial hits the fan. Great advice and information, Tom Coxie. Just sort of got the pose again. Is there is there something <laughs> there, Coxie? Is there another Chuck no. Norris segue? No, I don't have another Chuck Norris okay. segue. <laughs> I think it's time for your all-important, all-encompassing My big question, question which, which big always question. gets built up and then it's a bit of an anti-climax. But, uh, oh, no, I think we polarise some people with your become, big question. Oh, okay. So, Tom, I... I Sounds daunting. <laughs> we beat it up a bit. It's usually pretty straightforward. Um, mate, I like to ask this question of, of our guests, and that is if you had a 1,000 tradies in a room, a trade business owners, what is one thing you would just desperately want to tell them or a piece of advice you'd like to leave them with? General advice, of course. Mm, that that is a good question. So a thousand tradies. Well, it would be a pretty busy, loud room, I would think. Uh, <laughs> so it might be hard to be heard over the hum. Um, yeah. But look, I, I think um, I think you know keeping it insurance related because that's obviously what we're talking about today. Is that um, I, I would like to acknowledge it about you know some of the things that they like to do i mean usually tradies you know they they love their toys they love their lifestyle uh they you know they're usually pretty active you know individuals what we like to do is is make sure that you know we want to encourage and uh, ensure that they can continue that type of lifestyle um but we want to make sure that they can continue to do that until they're the ripe old age and the way to do that is to actually structure up some programs spend 
an afternoon with an advisor or, or a couple of hours just working through the necessary steps so that they can continue to do that. Um, you know, I think part of the great Australian ways is that we love our outdoors, uh, we, we love our freedoms. They're, they're things that are just fundamental to most tradies. They, they, they love being outdoors and they love being sporty and active and that sort of stuff. An insurance advisor can really help them um, ensure that they can continue to do that and, and, and get the, the maximum out of life, whether it be from business or whether it be time with their families. Um, insurance is, is there as a, um, a facilitator for people to, to lead healthy, successful lives. I like it, mate. Good answer. <laughs> Coxie was uh, scrutinising there. I could see she had that uh, that twinkle in her eye of like, "Well, oh, how's he doing?" Um, that was great, mate. <laughs> no, it's um, a perfect answer. I can I can, can re-answer if we can. Bl- we can just we can just dub over <laughs> no, that. We don't, we don't do any editing, here, mate. Especially post COVID, it's like editing is off the agenda. Absolutely, uh, there's too much else going on, mate. Um, so listeners sitting there thinking, "Geez." sounds like I need to pull my finger out and have a look at all this. Uh, what's the best place for them to go and find out more about Marsh especially? Um, and, you know, what, what are some simple things they need to do to get started? Yeah, sure. Well, um, Marsh has a pretty large presence uh, in Australia. Uh, we have over 2,000 staff now just in the insurance in the insurance side of the business. Um, so, we're, we're, But what is unique about us is that we have a dedicated SME business marsh advantage in australia which is is designed for that as i mentioned to you before that sort of that sort of zero to, to, to 50 staff type enterprise um and we've, we've got decades of trades experience so actually we have our trades platform that's up and running um you can uh, trades can buy public liability insurance online so it's trades.marshadvantage.com.au um, there's plenty of information on there. There's also our Marsh Advantage website, which has plenty of detail and history about what it is we do. Um, we're able to offer pretty extensive uh, services outside of the just the traditional insurance space. And as I mentioned to you before, you know we've got some sister companies that um, that do some pretty funky stuff as well. So depending on your size of profile uh, of business and, and the client needs, uh, we're a professional services corporation which basically means that um, we've, we've got uh, a lot of solutions for people, whether it be employee benefits, whether it be superannuation, so forth. We, we've got professionals that we can steer you towards uh, that, are, that are advisors in, that, in those specialty areas. So, um, yep, that uh, email address, sorry, that website again was uh, trades.marshadvantage.com.au and um, we're looking to improve that uh, as we speak. Awesome, mate. And uh, look, listeners can get in touch with Nicole and I as well. Um, hit us up and we can put you in touch with the team, but uh, go check out their services. And as Tom has said, and I'll echo, and the broken record is speak to an advisor. <laughs> uh, I just It flips my lid how many people go direct to product providers um, and expect to get a good deal. It's like they're only going to talk to you about one product. So... Uh, yeah, I just, I think that is such a massive overlooked opportunity and advantage of, of dealing with someone like yourself, Tom. Well, probably not you, mate, but one of the team at least. No, we can stick with me. That's fine for them. <laughs> yeah. I noticed you didn't give your mobile yeah, phone good. number out, mate. So that's good. <laughs> no, look, we'd love, we'd love to talk to your listener base. Um, clearly we, you know, we've got a lot in common um, with, with tradies in business. Um, uh, I think we share a lot of values. And ultimately, we just want good outcomes for, for trades. We want to see them successful. There's a reason why they're valued in Australia and we want to see mm. that maintained. Mm. Well, mate, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, great to see the deck still standing. And, uh, mate, we'll no doubt hear more from you in the future. So thank you again, Tom. 
No, thank you both, uh, Coxie, Warwick. Uh, thank you for having me on. Thanks, Tom. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.